0: You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com. You're listening to the X Radio Show live and around the, the world X-Zone. on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.exzone-radio.com. Right here on the Talkstar Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And our fine family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, 20 Asian countries, and across Europe. If you'd like to give me a call, toll free 1-877-528-8255. That's toll free at 1-877-528-TALK. My email address, xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our two websites, www.xzoneradio.com. That's our main website. And if you'd like to watch, listen, and chat with the coolest radio audience in the universe, each and every one of them, www.xzonetv.com. My producer tonight is my good friend, the sweet Miss Melanie at Master Control in Titusville, Florida. Hey, Mel, nice working with you. And, of course, our chat room moderator, Rob from Scarborough. Hey, Rob, nice chatting with you as well before the show. On tonight's show, Frank Warren will be joining me in a few moments. We're going to be talking about UFO Chronicles. Our number two, Rosemary Guiley, is a paranormal investigator Hour number three, Barbara Lamb will be talking to us about reptilian beings. And in hour number four, David Cohen, the professor, Slim King. That's tonight here on the X-Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. Let's see. Today is February the 4th, and on this date in history, 1789, George Washington of Virginia, the commander of the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War, was elected the first president of the United States by all 69 president electors who cast their votes. John Adams of Massachusetts was elected vice president. In 1861, at a convention in Montgomery, Alabama, six states, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, and South Carolina elected Jefferson Davis, president of the Confederacy. In 1861, the 25-year period of conflict known as the Apache War began at Apache Press, Arizona, uh, with the arrest of Apache Chief Cochise uh, for raiding a ranch. Cochise escorted his U.S. Army captors and declared, escaped his U.S. Army captors and declared war. 1938, Adolf Hitler took control of the German army and put Nazi officers in key posts as a part of the plan that led to World War II. On this date in 1974, urban guerrillas abducted Patricia Hearst, the 19-year-old daughter of publisher Randolph Hearst, from her apartment in Berkeley, California. In uh, 1976, an earthquake measuring 7.5 on the Richter scale near, killed nearly 23,000 people in Guatemala and Honduras. In 1997, a jury in a civil trial in Santa Monica, California, found O.J. Simpson liable for the killings of his former wife and her friend and was ordered to pay a total of $33.5 million to both families. Uh, Simpson had been acquitted in his murder trial. In 2004, a Pakistani scientist considered the key figure in his country's nuclear weaponry development admitted that he had leaked that technology to other countries. And the Massachusetts Supreme Court in 2004 refused to allow civil union as a substitute for same-sex marriage. And finally, in the year 2008, U.S. President uh, George Bush introduced a $3.1 trillion budget for the physical 2009 year, including proposed increases in military spending, but cutbacks in most domestic programs. And that's this date in history here on the X-Zone. I have to take a two-minute commercial break, and when I return, Frank Warren is going to be joining us as the X-Zone starts for today, Wednesday, February the 4th, in the year 2009, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back, everyone. Frank Warren is my special guest this hour on the X-Zone. Frank Warren has been a student of ufology since the early 1970s. Although Frank's interest encompassed everything UFO, he has had a particular passion for events of a historic nature, having dedicated time to cases such as Maury Island, the Battle of Los Angeles, as well as Roswell, and, of course, Aztec, just to name a few. He is the founder of the UFO Chronicles, as well as editor and frequent writer. Entering its fifth year, TUC is pleased to recognize readers in over 140 countries uh, to grow exponentially. Aside from the many articles, editorials, etc., one can find on the site first-hand reports that are published as they're received via My UFO Experience Portal, the website www.TheUFOChronicles.com. and Frank Warren, welcome to the Exxon. Hey Frank, are are UFO reports on the increase? Have they leveled out, or is there a decrease?
1: Uh, Well, I would have to say that they're on uh, on the increase, most definitely, Mm -hmm. at least from what we're seeing in our position. Um, And of course, you know, a lot of that is the uh, a lot a lot of that's chaff,
0: yeah, uh,
1: with some wheat in there. But uh, um, the the numbers are up.
0: Now, Frank, what's your view of the UFO uh, phenomenon? For example, are you a proponent of the extraterrestrial hypothesis?
1: Well, let me preface that with, I I base my answers on my own research, and I've been doing this for decades. And uh, I do believe a small portion of UFO reports Mm -hmm. are indeed uh, extraterrestrial. And let me add to that that uh, extraterrestrial doesn't, just mean, in my mind, it's all encompassing for me, the definition. It it doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, a little gray guy jumping in a flying saucer from planet Zetan and, you know, coming across hundreds of thousands of light years and landing on our planet. It could, I'm open to the uh, interdimensional uh, notion or in, in, quite frankly, even time travel. And coming in those distances, uh, space and time, it all has to figure into it anyway. So it's just—it's not a narrow focus for me.
0: Have you ever seen a UFO, Frank?
1: You know, uh, I, I've been asked that a lot, and I have, but it wasn't uh, too significant. Um, a few years back, and this was just recently—it was mm-hmm. just a couple, two or three years ago. Uh, my wife and I were going to the movies. We were going to catch a matinee, and uh, we were a few blocks away. And I noticed something—a little glint uh, up in the sky, and it was uh, clear. Blue sky in the summertime, uh, you know, not a cloud out there. And I mentioned that to her, and I said, you know, keep your eye on that while I'm driving. And I would glance up at it. Pretty soon, we got to the parking lot of the theater, and I jumped out real quick. And what I saw was a uh, cylindrical-shaped object, uh, aluminum or silver in color, and it was just hovering there. Mm -hmm. And I I was by some trees, so I went to go on the other side of these trees to have a, a better View of this object. Right. When I got to the other side, it was gone, and uh, whatever it was, either left in a hurry or uh, somehow just disappeared. I, I mean, I scanned the sky. I went. It, it, it wasn't uh, altitude-wise. It didn't seem to be that high. But when I got to the other side, which was a matter of seconds, it was it was no longer there. i Have no explanation for it. it, it and again, it was just uh, I didn't put too much emphasis on it it wasn't that significant those things don't you know distant sightings don't excite me at this point in time but, but i have had one what what in
0: your view were the most significant ufo sightings and ufo events of two thousand and eight
1: well i think what would take uh top building on that would be stevenville yeah and uh, uh... and actually the shortly thereafter uh which also pertains to Stephenville, are the uh, radar reports that were uh, pulled in by Glenn Schultz and Robert Powell. Um, you know, that, that sighting started as a, as a multi-witness uh, visual case, uh, and it was, you know, it was anecdotal evidence. And then the, the radar information comes in, the radar evidence is pulled in to shore up uh, the witness reports. And there were some. uh, There were actually photographs, uh, in the sense of uh, I've seen some uh, uh, cell phone images and that kind of thing. That not too well. uh, That very very interesting case. And another case that happened uh, in April that didn't get that much uh, airtime was Kokomo, Indiana.
0: Well, what happened there?
1: Well, that was a very similar sighting. relationship to stevenville but it got buried because we had that earthquake in that area just a couple days after that particular sighting
0: coincidence is there a connection or is it what do you believe that the sighting and the earthquake were just
1: um well i think it was a coincidence uh an unfortunate coincidence because you i i truly believe that we would have in regards to the mainstream media the same attention Mm -hmm. would have been applied as it was with Stevenville they were very very similar in nature you had the military was involved uh, I actually have on the UFO chronicles a snippet of uh, of some of the 911 calls and they actually they they were speaking of about a body of a crash site uh, there were literally hundreds of uh, emergency personnel involved in this thing it was rather exciting and and the same type of response from the military when uh, it, the uh, Nearby Air Force bases were contacted. Uh, they came up with the same answers as they did with Stephenville. Uh, you know, nothing was out of the ordinary. We were on training missions, etc. cetera. Uh, and the, uh, there was a sonic boom uh, uh, that took place that particular instance. Uh, and, of course, that's against the law if, if in fact, it was done yes. by military. Yeah. And, uh, and they were outside the the, the witnesses that saw the, uh, the jets that were involved, the F-16s. They were outside the MOA of the training area, mm-hmm. and again, that of course is illegal. Uh, it, it was a very, very interesting case, and it just did not get enough attention.
0: Was in, yeah, you know, I was talking to um, Peter Davenport earlier this week, and uh, I, I asked him this question: Do you think there was a connection, or is a connection between the Phoenix Lights and the Stevenville
1: UFO? Well, you know, it's interesting that you ask that. Um, w- shortly after the, the Stevensville uh, incident took place, I interviewed Steve Allen, uh, who, by the way, in, in my view, is one of the best witnesses that you could get in these types of situations. Um, number one, he's been a pilot for over 30 years. He's flown various, he, he has and has flown various types of aircraft. He knows, he was raised in that area, he knows the geography, he can judge distances, altitudes, etc. And when he was describing uh, the event to me, um, the, the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. And basically what he uh, would describe to me, he, he was at a neighbor's house. Uh, they were out at the burn pile, uh, he and uh, two others. Mm-hmm. Um, and he catches something out of the, the corner of his eye. and attention is drawn to it, and he motions to the other two guys, do you guys see what I'm seeing? And he basically said that he's seeing a pair of lights and then another pair behind it. Um, in in his mind, and I may have this backwards in regards to the width and, and, the, and the length of this thing, it was either a mile wide and a half a mile long or vice versa. Uh, in any event, it, it, where the lights were spaced out. As he He told me that this thing was coming in at a high rate of speed, and as it was nearing them, it it was getting slower and slower. He said as it passed them to their left, right as it got to a right angle of them, all of a sudden he can see these other lights, uh, for lack of a better term, that were were on the rear of this thing. Now, he stopped, and and he says, Frank, he says, I couldn't see a solid object, but I swear to you a solid object was there. He says, these, these lights were moving in unison. He says, there's no way that these uh, could have been individual uh, objects themselves. There, there was no uh, variation as this thing uh, you know, went along. And I was curious about the rear lights, and I said, let me explain to you what I'm getting from you right now. And I said, just uh, for lack of a better term, I said, let's just call this an invisible flying car. When it was in front of you and coming to your direction, you could basically see the headlights and the side markers. And I says, as this thing passed you and it, and it got to a 90-degree angle and then, and then gradually passed, now all of a sudden you can see the taillights. Uh, and the reason that you couldn't see the taillights before is because the body of the craft was in the way, even though you couldn't see the body of the craft. Right. I says, is, is that a fair analogy? And he said, Bingo. That's exactly it. He says it's not as if the lights came on. He says it's if they were uh, always there. He said then then the object, and I, I'll just call it a craft, he says it went over to Stephenville, right. and then it did some weird things with the lights. It went up into a column, and uh, in fact, that's a complete other story. It did some very bizarre things uh, with the lights. Um, and he said then it just disappeared. Uh, he and his two buddies were just dumbfounded. They just could not believe what they had witnessed. Uh, one of the guys was so shook up, he just immediately left and went home. Uh, Steve and his buddy go into his buddy's house, and they explain what they had just witnessed uh, to to this guy's wife. And of course, the guy's wife, there, you know, she's looking at these two guys like they grew another head.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I can uh, uh, I can just imagine.
1: A uh, couple minutes after that, while they're trying to convince her that they're not kidding, the phone rings, and the guy, the third guy that left says get outside the thing is coming back they rush outside and from the direction of stevenville here are the objects coming back now this time as it as it's approaching them they notice that there's two jets chasing it and steve told me he says as this thing again it, it's now it's coming back in the direction that it came which by the way as a little sidebar is in the direction of the uh, crawford ranch the right. presidential ranch uh not a straight shot but kind of in that direction. Uh, It passes over them, and then these two two jets are right behind it. He said that as the jets increased uh, their speed, the object would maintain the same distance as if it was playing with them. In fact, that's a quote. (laughs) He said it was like this thing was just playing with them. But one thing that he mentioned, and this ties back into the Phoenix lights, he says when the thing increased in speed, the white lights that were in the rear turned red. And that, that... Rang a bell with me, and I did. Uh, after I uh, concluded the interview, uh, I, I picked up the Phoenix Lights file and I uh, looked back to some of the early reports. And Richard uh, Motzer of uh, then Mufon, uh, he had taken a report uh, from some eyewitnesses that had witnessed the large V-shaped craft in Phoenix of uh, the Phoenix Lights. Yes. And and they reported a similar occurrence where, when they saw this thing increase in speed, white lights turned to red.
0: Frank, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Frank Warren is our very special guest this hour. He's the man behind the UFO Chronicles. His website, www.theufocronicles.com. It's a great site filled with super information. And Frank and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break and the news as the action continues right here on Talkstar. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com. Welcome back to the X-Zone. Our special guest this hour is Frank Warren. He is the publisher and the man behind theufochronicles.com. And before I get back to uh, Frank, I'd like to say hello to an old friend of mine who dropped in and spent several hours with me here at our studios in Hamilton, Ontario. One, the original, I should say, the original member of the X-Zone Nation, my good friend Marty McLean from St. Catharines, who who uh, helped me get the X-Chronicles newspaper going, was a a great supporter of the X-Zone radio show. So, Marty, it was great seeing you, and I look forward to many more meetings like we had today, my good friend. www.theufochronicles.com. Frank Warren is our special guest. And, uh, Frank, we were talking about the the Stevensville sighting of a UFO going back to the beginning of the year. Um, Do you think, Frank, that the UFOs that are being seen pose a threat to the national security of any country on this planet?
1: Well, I think they certainly could. And, uh, and bear with me, too, Rob. It, we've got a bad connection on this end. Okay, I'm, I'm barely sorry. hearing you. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, let's go back to what a UFO is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people have, have changed the meaning of a UFO, but the, the very term was born by the Air Force in 1952. It's an unidentified flying object. That unidentified flying object, uh, uh, you know, could be anything. Uh, that, you know, many people have melded uh, E.T. and UFO together, and, and I think they've done so incorrectly. Um, you know, we don't need to get that far into it. A, a UFO is just that. It, it's unidentified. It could, be, it could be friend or foe. Uh, and, you know, let's face it, the first two people that lost their lives in regards to ufology uh, that we know of was in, in 1947. Uh, and that, of course, doesn't get into Foo Fighters uh, you know, during the war. I mean, people literally have lost their lives uh, in regards to ufology. So uh, there, there can be a threat there, although I don't, I don't think there's an intentional threat per se.
0: Disclosure. Steve, Stephen Bassett and many other proponents of the disclosure movement say the government knows information about the UFO phenomenon. Damn it, we want it disclosed. What's your opinion on the uh, disclosure?
1: Well, first off, I uh, agree. I would certainly love to see some uh, form of disclosure happen. Although I don't believe, I don't mean to rain on the parade. I I don't think we're going to see it in the way that we would like to. I personally believe that disclosure, either total or in part, uh, won't be done by choice. I believe it will be something that the government or other governments will be forced into doing. I think what will take place, I think I think an event will take place, uh, or a majority, or, or a number of events, rather, uh, will take place that just, you know, the swamp gas explanation won't do. And something that's happened in the last 20 or 30 years, man's personal technology has advanced to the degree that, I mean, nowadays everybody walks around with a cell phone camera exactly. on Exactly, yeah. Uh, And when you have an event take place, people are snapping pictures of it. So the powers that be cannot easily, you know, just pass it off as uh, Venus or swamp gas or that kind of thing. And, you know, no matter what goes on, UFOs don't go away. History has shown us that. So I think uh, it will either be the preponderance of events uh, in the totality of it or a singular event that will be so grandiose that, uh, either another government or our government will have to come to the table and explain it. You
0: know, but having said that, Frank, uh, with all the all the digital cameras that are out there, I haven't seen any photos anywhere that that I can look at and say, well, you know what, that really looks like a UFO.
1: Well, but now you're doing it. What's a UFO? A UFO is an unidentified flying yeah, object.
0: Yeah, I, I understand that, but I'm, I'm talking about... Something that I cannot logically rationalize to be something not of this planet.
1: Well, I could tell you that there are uh, photographs that are in fact out there, uh, and there have been since the very beginning of what we would deem modern-day ufology. They're, they aren't in abundance, uh, but they do come in, uh, and they continue to come in. But, and having said that, to me, a photograph, at the end of the day, is just that uh what what we see that takes place nowadays particularly uh, with man's personal technology and the advancement of technology in general you know people will photograph things they're they're at they're at the beach in fact this happened in England not too long ago and, and there was a little debate over it uh a guy at the beach he takes a shot he up, uploads his pictures uh, to his computer and he sees this this shaped object well uh, in fact, I did a little work on that specific incident, and in in my belief, and I, and I think I put enough evidence on the table. It was a bird. It was a seagull. In fact. Yeah. Uh, now, in contrast to that, let's say that somebody has a sighting. They they actually see it with their own eyes, and they and the guy yells to his wife, "Hey, Alice, go grab the camera." And then they take pictures of it. Then you have an eyewitness testimony or declaration along with the image. Uh, you know that. The two shore each other up, opposed to just an image by itself. I mean, no, ma- no matter how, no matter the quality of the image, if it's just an image, that's all you have at the end of the day.
0: Do you think that President Obama is going to be a help, hindrance, or a wash to u- ufology?
1: I think Donald Duck could be a, the president <laughs> right now, and, and it would be better from the dark ages that we just got out of. Uh, and that's not uh, a, a slam on uh, President Obama in any way. I'm, I'm glad he's president, and, I, and he certainly will be a help. <laughs> will we get disclosure out of it in the way that we would like to? I don't think so. Is it possible that something could happen uh, that would precipitate uh, some sort of disclosure? I think so, and I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but what, what we will get in a, in a positive uh, Light is we won't, uh, in regards to freedom of information, these things will be open again. And uh, for researchers such as myself, we'll be able to cull out more information opposed to this uh, the, the dark ages that we just went through with the previous administration.
0: Speaking about the uh, release of information, uh, the, the British government has released their X-Files, and uh, we've got Nick Pope coming on next week. Uh, I've seen what they've released I've talked to other people and no one seems to be very uh, excited about anything that the British or the French have released.
1: Well, you know, I think that's in part because most researchers don't feel uh, that any of the grit or the hardcore information are in any of the releasable files. Personally, I think anything that they do in a public way like that to, to open up the files and release files is a positive. Like, in fact, I would actually throw that act into one of the bigger things that happened in 2008 in, in regards to ufology. These are all good things. And uh, like you, I have looked at some of the files, and there are some interesting cases in there. Uh, like anything, you've got to separate the wheat from the chaff. So I see this as a very positive thing. Uh, Brazil's done the... Uh, same thing uh, not too long ago, as well as uh, we've just heard that the Danish uh, Air Force files have been open. So, you know, all of these uh, other countries, you know, stepping forward, you know, we we may get disclosure from another country, uh, perhaps, or or so much openness will take place from other countries, uh, it may uh, motivate our government to step up to the plate.
0: What are your thoughts on Nick Pope's declaration that the Ministry of Defense has issued shoot down orders for UFOs?
1: I think that, uh, I think the layperson, I think that'll have a great impact on the layperson to make them aware just how serious uh, the UFO phenomenon is. Uh, And it also harkens back to our own shoot down orders uh, uh, that. for example, in Frank Pacino's book with Shoot Them Down, he's mm-hmm. done a lot of research on that with the help of Stan Friedman. And uh, we've had the same scenarios here. It, it just lends credence to just how serious this is uh, if our government has given uh, you know, the Air Force orders to shoot these things down.
0: But do we know for a fact those orders have really been issued?
1: Um, you know, there, there's arguments on both sides of that. I've seen documentation that I believe is solid, uh, that lends credence to mm-hmm. the fact that that's happened. Uh, there are naysayers to that event, but I, I think uh, the preponderance of evidence uh, is indicative that it has, in fact, happened. And, uh, well, and quite frankly, when you have Nick on, uh, uh, he will enlighten you. I, I listened to an interview with him the other day that was uh, fascinating.
0: You know, I, I the thing that I can't understand is why would the government give shoot-down orders if... There has not been a, an aircraft that has been shot down by a UFO. That just goes to show the ignorance of this planet.
1: Well, and there's the question—the uh, question to itself: Why? Why were the orders issued? You see, this this is
0: what I this is why I doubt the authenticity and the reality of these orders, because you know, ufology is based on sensationalism. So if we have a lull in one area, let's throw this shootdown order in to stir the pot again. You know, we get the public interest up again. We get the interviews up again. But no one has come through with any concrete evidence as to the authority given under these orders. You know, the first newspapers to break all these are the British tabloids.
1: Yeah, well... On, from their perspective of it, on on the British side, mm-hmm. uh, opposed to uh, Frank Ficino's work. Um, and, of course, I know Stan Friedman real well. And, again, I have seen documents that I believe uh, are, in fact, authentic. Wait a minute.
0: You've seen documents from Stan Friedman that weren't blacked out?
1: Not in this specific <laughs> instance from Stan, no. I have seen documents uh, through other sources right. that I believe uh, are, are, uh, are authentic uh, that, in fact, do lend credence to the shoot-down orders. But even if you stay in the realm of uh, stipulation, on either side of that, why would they shoot them down, why, why they wouldn't shoot them down? Let's not forget what the Air Force is there for. It's, it's on either side. It's the, the defense of the country. If you have an unknown that comes into any specific area, and you can go back to the Stephen, Stephenville Lights when this thing gets into the presidential airspace, we're in a post-9-11 uh, world now. We have, we have two other agencies that have gotten involved in watching and uh, monitoring what goes on into our airspace and anything that's pervious to radar. Obviously, that thing that went, uh, that went through Stephenville was pervious to radar because it was being chased. Now, that said, uh, if, and again, it's stipulation, let's presume that you have pilots that, uh, you know, that are chasing this thing. Well, what's the next thing that, that they're going to do? They're going to try to communicate with it follow us to the closest air force base you need to land this thing you know, you're know you too close to the presidential ranch what are you doing whatever at that point if you're not getting any response then you can again stipulation then the notion would come up where there may be a shoot-down order
0: all right here's a here's a question for you If you have something that can cross the universe cross the galaxy cross the solar system what makes us think that the puny weapons that we may have, compared to the weapons they may have, can actually harm them? There's
1: nothing in the world that could make us think that uh, you know that could take place.
0: And don't you think that if we were to open fire on one of these craft, that we would be inviting trouble that we really don't need?
1: I think that would be uh, a fair assumption, sure. However, uh, one of the things that uh, that we collectively, mm-hmm. you, I, or anybody, often do is we use human explication uh, to deduce uh, and, and assuming uh, there's an, an the E.T. end of it, and I'm beyond UFO now, but let's assume that uh, some of these, uh, the UFOs are piloted by E.T. Yeah. Uh, we use human exp, uh, explication to deduce alien intent, and I don't think we can do that. I don't think there's enough data on the table uh, to say that, who knows why they're here? They might come here to eat our dirt. Uh, you know, you have to put a big if when we stipulate on on uh, ET intent. If they're like us, if they're societal, uh, uh, if they're uh, biological uh, in the same way that we are. Uh, I mean, who knows? Even if they're biological, I agree. Entity.
0: I agree. But however, if a shootdown order has been given, the shootdown order shows that the governments of the world do not have any information on the UFO phenomenon and that they are not working with the the uh, the occupants of the UFOs because if they've ordered a shoot-down, they don't know anything about it, which, which in my way of thinking says, well, wait a minute, if you don't know anything about the UFO phenomenon and you've ordered shoot-down orders, then you have no information and the disclosure will not come because it doesn't exist. Well, th-
1: if you go that far, you could... You could take it to the next level, uh, as, and there, you know, some folks have, mm-hmm. in regards to the UFOs themselves and if they're piloted by E.T., that it's just not one form of E.T., that it could, in fact, be many races. Uh, and, and, again, this is all stipulation, and I hate to even go there. Sure. But if you did go there, you could say, well, wait a minute. Perhaps we have uh, you know, one race of being that we're working with, and perhaps there's bad guys out there.
0: Stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. Frank Warren is our special guest, www.theufochronicles.com. My name's Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial set.
1: Choosing.
0: our guest www.theufochronicles.com it's a great site exonation i went uh, to frank's site today it's filled with a lot of really good information if you're a ufologist it's great reading and that's at www.theufochronicles.com frank as a you as a researcher and investigator what do you deem important in relationship to educating the public about the phenomenon
1: i think uh you know, that's a good question. Oftentimes the mistake that I think is made uh, when we talk about ufology in a public place in, in, in an interview such as this, or uh, recently the, uh, Larry King has spent a lot of time with ufology, mm-hmm. people go from A to Z in an instant. They go from a distant light in the sky, you know, to a little gray alien coming from planet Zayton. And when you do that, you lose the audience. You can't do that. You know, first and foremost, the very term UFO was born by the Air Force in, in 1952. People oftentimes marry the, the verb believe with the term UFO. There's no question about UFOs. They are a fact of life. If you say, I believe in UFOs or I don't believe in UFOs, it's like saying, I, I believe in the Empire State Building or I don't believe in the Empire State Building. Neither of those sentences are, are they're, they're both nonsensical. They make no sense at all. A UFO is a, is a fact of life. The argument or the debate is what is the origin of UFOs? So in terms of educating the public, you have to do it in baby steps, and you have to be repetitious. And you've got to start from the beginning and just take baby steps with it. Let's, let's establish the fact that uh, a, a large percentage of UFOs the numbers still hold true today cannot be disple- uh, explained by conventional means. Then you ask the question, what is this? How do we define that? And even, even when you uh, get with a so-called skeptic, uh, a skeptic will not argue that point. They'll say, yes, uh, there are UFOs. So then it, it just, it, uh, you know, the, the question remains, what are they? And this is why uh, mainstream science should get involved for that very reason
0: uh, why but won't to,
1: but to go from point a all the way to z and then start you know talk about sure. uh, alien cultures and federations i think is a big mistake
0: i've only got time to ask you one more question frank i, I i'd love to have you back on in the future so we can continue this uh, this uh, this conversation why won't science get involved
1: You know, it's interesting. I was uh, having a conversation uh, yesterday uh, along these same lines, and one of the good things about Project Blue Book and the government involvement was mainstream science was not uh, too afraid to put their tippy-toe in the mm-hmm. water. Um, now uh, we face the stigma that surrounds ufology. I mean, let's face it, the very first step in, uh, in, in science, uh, uh, scientific procedure is the observance of a phenomenon. Science, by its nature, dictates the investigation of, uh, of the UFO phenomenon. But we're, we're stuck with this stigma that surrounds it, and it's, and it's a phenomenon unto itself. And I, I personally believe uh, this actually has happened by the early debunking efforts by the government. And I don't mean to say that that's some sort of Frank, I hate to do this, but we've run out
0: of time for tonight. Frank Warren has been our guest, www.theufochronicles.com. When we come back from this news break at the top of the hour, Rosemary Guiley will be joining me. She's a paranormal investigator. As the Exxon continues, live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.